All right, welcome in. Outsider Sports Football Podcast, Ryan Balliot. Back with the full cast today. Ben Mandel, Corey Jason, and Dylan Mill are all together again. Today we're going to be talking about some of the head coaching vacancies in the NFL have been filled since last we really touched on this. There's still a few openings left. A couple big profile coordinator positions have also been filled. And we'll get into the ever interesting quarterback carousel that looks to take place this offseason. But first, quick question, a fun thing to get started with today. It looks like the Super Bowl 57 uniform matchup has been released. The Eagles in the NFC acting as the home team. Looks like they've decided to wear their traditional home jerseys, the green, and the Chiefs will be in the white. This is a little thing I always look forward to every Super Bowl season comes around. Do you guys have any input on that? Everyone loves a good crisp uniform. And I'll tell you what, the with the Super Bowl patches that go on the jerseys, everything just seems to look a little bit brighter, a little bit sharper, especially with the cameras. The colors just really seem to pop. I actually wish, though, it was reversed. I think the Eagles' all-white uniforms would look so clean. And even if the Chiefs just did their traditional home jerseys, they don't. I don't need an all-red color rush from them. But I do love some good jerseys. I remember when my high school team got new jerseys, I was pumped. When we got new jerseys in college, I couldn't wait just because – you know what? Yeah, you're going out there and playing a game, but there is something about looking good when you're out there. You feel good. It's not just a saying, look good, feel good. It's an actual thing. And I'm I'm excited to see how the unis look on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, for me, I don't really care too much about the uniforms. Ben's right, though. They do seem to have a little different air to them with the patches and all the fanfare around them. I think as long as you don't have two teams with similar color sets, they should both get to wear their home uniforms, the colors that represent them. Tell me watching the Red Chiefs and the Green Eagles go at it wouldn't be great. There's no reason that one team has to wear white. You're not going to get lost and think, oh, let me throw it deep and, oh, is that red, green? I can't tell. I don't think any of them are going to have that issue. So, I don't know, that's my little thought on it is why not just wear your home uniform the one that you're most iconic as if it was dallas they could wear white their their white uniforms are what they are about but let teams wear their more iconic uniforms i think that would be a fun addition to the game Corey's acting like super bowl sundays on christmas day yeah looking for the the red and green there speaking as the only person on this show whose team is in the super bowl I got to say, I think that the uniforms look fantastic. And I, But I do have a fun fact for you guys about this. The last 18 Super Bowls, 15 of the winners have been wearing the white jerseys. Now, when the Eagles beat the Patriots, they were in their green jerseys as well. So maybe it, this doesn't apply to Philadelphia, but interesting factoid. We can only hope and pray that the trend holds true, man. These Giants fans do not want to get on a podcast with Dylan after the Super Bowl and the Eagles hosting the Lombardi Trophy. But let's go into these head coaching vacancies now. So Frank Reich was the first domino to fall. Carolina was the first team to move on from their head coach. Only about a month into the season, they get rid of Matt Roll. About a month after that, the Colts move on to Frank Reich. And now Reich is the first head coach hired here in the offseason. 
And another fun fact here, Reich, the first quarterback in Panthers history, when they got started as a franchise, he'll be their new head coach moving into this next era of Carolina Panthers football. But, and I think this is a good hire. Reich's an offensive mind. He just sort of wore out the welcome. Things got stale in Indianapolis and it was time to move on and, and cut ties there. But I just think, man, Steve Wilkes now, this has been twice, I believe he's been shafted. Didn't get a fair shot in Arizona. Did a great job you know, organizing this team as the interim coach this year. Yeah, they only won six and six. And it's one thing to say, oh, they're potentially division champions. But then you look at the division itself and it, you know, look how Tampa fared in the playoffs with a losing record. But for what it's worth, I think Wilkes did a great job. I think he should have gotten this job. And I can only hope that maybe third time is the charm for Steve Wilkes. I'll tell you what, I think that Steve Wilkes actually might be in a better position not getting that Carolina job, and here's why. San Francisco needs to replace their defensive coordinator, and Steve Wilkes is the top name on their list. Steve Wilkes can go in, take that San Fran D coordinator job for a year or two, and he will likely have a head coaching job. We are now seeing the San Francisco defensive coordinators are getting jobs the way the Patriots coordinators were getting in the mid-2010s. It felt like every year the Patriots coordinators were who was getting looked at for head coaching jobs. That's kind of stopped because of the uh, success that they weren't having. Now, you look at maybe what Robert Sala has done so far, and you look at what D'Amico Ryans does, and that could determine if Steve Wilkes gets a job, which might not be the fairest thing. Still, though, I think he's going to be primed to accept a better job that will fit him more and put him in a better position as well to succeed. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I kind of lost my point listening to Ben. I was so drawn into it. But uh, I think the was it the uh, the Panthers are going to have some issues with some blowback from this Wilkes thing. Now I'm finding it again. We saw the story play out, I think it was last year. Rich Bisaccia with Oakland really brought them back from the brink after Gruden was fired, right? And he didn't get that head coaching job. McDaniels did. And, you know, we're seeing this play out again. Basaccia went to Green Bay. Wilkes probably will go to San Fran. But it's going to uh, it's going to leave a sour taste in people's mouths because Wilkes really did deserve the job. And you know what? I think if he did take it, he could have been successful there. It's a weak division. They almost won it this year. The biggest threat in Tom Brady's gone. Have a good draft. Build through free agency. Maybe the Panthers win this division and Wilkes is being looked at as, you know, almost a savior of that franchise, at least in the uh, the short term. Building them back from a coach who lost the locker room and Matt Rule who couldn't do anything. So I think they did make a mistake letting Wilkes go. Yeah, like everybody else, I kind of agree with the sentiment that Wilkes got a little bit of the shaft there, but uh, everybody else kind of made the points on that. Talking more so about Frank Wright accepting the job, obviously he had a massive role in the Eagles' Super Bowl run, and as Ryan mentioned, it didn't go well for him with the Colts, and you kind of got to figure one more blunder, and you wonder if this guy could get a job with a third team, which is why I think Carolina actually was a great pick for him personally 
because it is such a wide open winnable division. Obviously there's a lot of questions like who's going to be a quarterback for Carolina next year. But I really do think that Frank Wright has the opportunity to succeed in terms of winning the division with this team. And, you know, maybe Wilk started the motion of this franchise turning around, but Frank Wright could carry it out and win a couple of division titles here. Yep, it's a winnable division down there in the NFC South. And like Ben mentioned, D'Amico Ryans, the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, follows in his predecessor's footsteps of getting a head coaching job. So Robert Sala from a few years ago gets the gig with the Jets. D'Amico Ryans goes back home to the team that drafted him as a linebacker back in the day, the Houston Texans. And that AFC South remains. The Colts have one of the last two vacancies right now, along with the Cardinals. So... We're still waiting for decisions to be made with those two teams. And it's time now to see what D'Amico Ryans can do. I know as a Colts fan, D'Amico Ryans was the one I wanted to come in and lead the Colts. So it, it's it's an extra stake through the heart to see him go to a division rival. Yeah, I'm so 50-50 torn on this hiring. In an NFL that's clearly going in an offensive-minded direction, giving D'Amico Ryans a six-year contract from the Texans is kind of a big risk in my eyes. I like D'Amico Ryans. I think he's very much so responsible for how great that 49ers defense plays. And considering how terrible the Texans roster is, I do think it's great that they gave him a long leash, a six-year term, but it's going to be real hard to win NFL games, especially in that AFC with all those quarterbacks with the defensive mind leading the way. We'll see if D'Amico Ryans can get it done. You know, I and Dylan, and I know everybody on this show and everyone who has listened to our show so far knows that I am not on board with a defensive head coach. At the same time, you have to love the fact that D'Amico Ryans is going back to Houston. Ryan obviously doesn't, but, you know, Houston was one of those teams that I used to love watching because they were never really playing the Giants often. They were in the AFC. They were pretty much out of sight, out of mind in terms of like, you know, who the Giants would compete with. So Houston, I love to watch. I loved Andre Johnson. I loved watching Matt Schaub play. I believe they had another, a second wide receiver at the time as well, who was really good. Uh, They had a good tight end. uh, Owen Daniels. Yeah, I was, I, I couldn't remember if it was Owen Daniels or not. But, you know, this is, of course, the Colts fans going to know. But the defense was also exciting. And those linebackers were so much fun to watch. And D'Amico Ryans was one of those big reasons. And just the way he played was so much fun. And you just don't, you don't see players like him come around as much anymore. So, yeah, you know what? It is exciting that he's going back to Houston. I'm excited to see what kind of passion he's going to bring coaching the organization he spent so many years playing for. And that's really, I think, where it's a great story. Now, will it translate to wins? I'm not so sure. While the AFC is loaded with offensive talent, I guess maybe you may decide, hey, maybe we can stop them. And in that division, maybe a good defense will be enough to win that division. Tennessee has proven that that's really all that you need, a running game and a good defense. So we'll see if that continues. But with the Jaguars' rise, it may not be as easy as in years past. 
So he, definitely some work to do. I like that they gave him term, but also the fact that it is a guy like D'Amico Ryans, who the organization owes so much to as a guy who played so many years for them, they're not just going to let him go after a year. They also have loyalty to him in a different way that they would to someone from outside the organization. For a while, everybody thought that Lovey and, and his predecessors were all leading up to McCown being hired as the Texans head coach. Jack Easterby's gone. He was the mastermind behind that whole McCown experiment that the Colts perfected so perfectly with Saturday. Sorry, Ryan, but it's true. They did kind of take that play from the Texans. And now that Easterby's gone, that whole idea is out the window. Defensive head coaches aren't the in thing right now, but they were. And I think if anybody's going to break that mold, it would be D'Amico Ryans. And I think as long as the Texans have patience with him and give him more than two years, three years, just let it ride and hope he can build something because the Texans are the most talent devoid team in all of football by a large margin. So, He's not going to be able to fix it after two years, three years, even with a competent GM. Players need experience. They need to build. So I think having a defensive head coach build that type of culture is a good move, and I really hope it works out for them. Yeah, we know Ben's thoughts on hiring a, a defensive-minded head coach. My counterpoint has always been, look, as long as there's an offensive genius on the staff, even if it's at that offensive coordinator position, look up in Buffalo. Sean McDermott has that sort of defensive background, and they have Brian Dable for years. This offense looks great, and I don't believe it's a coincidence that Brian Dable becomes the Giants head coach, and Bill's still a great offense, but definitely a few signs of regression there. Now for... The big one, Sean Payton does end up in Denver. Denver sends a first-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year, and we'll get the rights to Sean Payton and the Saints' third-rounder next year. And this is contingent on can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson in this offense? It's another no coincidence, I think, that Russ's two best games of the season came following Denver dismissing Nathaniel Hackett of head coaching duties, but... Do you guys think Denver in 2023 can meet the expectations that were placed on them for 2022? Really quick, I do just want to make the point on you saying defensive head coaches can work if you have an offensive genius. Well, how many offensive geniuses are there in the NFL? That's really the big problem. When your head coach is the offensive genius, you don't have to worry about it. You find your guy. If you have an offensive genius on the staff but not as your head coach, guess what? You're going to end up losing him. So ultimately, defensive head coaches are not long-term stays. Now, going over to Denver, you see Sean Payton come in, and yes, Russ played better when Hackett left. I like Russell Wilson a lot. I, I mean, he was my fantasy quarterback coming into the season, and I, I put a lot of eggs in that basket. I thought he was going to have a big year with the talented wide receivers. I, let's be honest. the Russ had his worst year with more talent around him than he's arguably had in his career. And I do feel confident saying that because even when Seattle's wide receivers were at their best, Doug Baldwin was his number one. You, you can't tell me that the guys he has now are not better than Doug Baldwin because they are. They just haven't had competent quarterback play. 
I think Russ was letting things get to his head a little bit. And I think Sean Payton, the biggest thing with bringing him in here to Denver is he's going to help Russ filter out the noise. And you saw what he did with a star quarterback in Drew Brees. Drew Brees was good before he got to Sean Payton, but he elevated his game. And I there's no reason to believe that Sean Payton won't be able to do that with Russ, especially because he was able to do it with Drew in his last couple of years, even when Drew Brees, and especially his last two years, I thought looked very rough. He couldn't throw the deep ball anymore. So really, this is an interesting situation, and I think it's a lot to give up but you've already given up this much and you've gone this deep. You may as well go for it. So I I like the move for Denver. It's going to be a tough division, but they're right there. And I still think they have the talent to compete. Yeah, I disagree. I think that Sean Payton's a great head coach, but I think that the AFC is loaded. The AFC West is loaded. And at best, this Denver Broncos team turns into a wild card team. How many wins is Sean Payton really worth? I don't think Russell Wilson has it anymore. I think we saw a decline, especially in his last two years in Seattle. And like you said, Ben, he just had his worst year of his career with arguably his best weapons. Their star running back is coming off a torn ACL. And the defense is great, but the defense was great last year, and they only won a handful of games. I... Don't think that this is going to be successful for Denver because I think their definition of success is being in the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. And I don't think they're anywhere close to the contenders in the AFC with Sean Payton. I think this is very Raiders, Gruden, Antonio Brown-esque. Now, I don't think it ends like the car crash that that was, but I don't think that they win more than nine, maybe 10 games if they're lucky. I think... You know, I think I'm kind of in the middle between the uh, the two of you. I think it was a good choice. I think trading for him was a dumb move. They could have figured something out in the interim and gone after him when his contract was up. Trading a first-round pick for a coach, even if it's Sean Payton, is pretty insane. That's, if that's, a, that's just if you ask me. That's a lot to give up, plus they gave up more assets on top of that. I think we'll see a early resurgence of Russ. I think he would be a good fantasy quarterback to target late in the rounds. You know, somebody where you build your team up and, you know, get him in like the ninth, 10th round, you know, as an afterthought after all the good ones are gone and hope he's serviceable enough. And I think he would be, but in actuality on the field, he's going to be mediocre. He'll be better than last year. We'll see more of what we saw at the end, but Denver's going to scrape by, maybe make the, like the final wild card, but more likely, they're going to have a lower, a higher, higher draft pick, really, because their defense is going to struggle. They got rid of Bradley Chubb, which indicated to me that they were kind of considering tearing it down. Now that trade also let them get Sean Payton, so they kind of traded Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton in a way. But I think Denver is going to struggle, but not as bad as we saw this year. Russ will be okay, but it's everywhere else in the field that's going to really determine whether Denver is average or not. Javante Williams coming back off that injury, like you guys said, that's going to be it's going to be an issue. But I think that Denver is going to maybe get that final wild card or fall just short. 
Yeah, Corey, I share a lot of those same thoughts. Sean Payton is a great coach. I think he'll get the most of what he can get out of Russell Wilson and that offense and just that team in general. But just the idea of trading for a coach these days seems like such a wild thought to me, especially when you have great candidates, whether it's offensive or defensive-minded. Ben and I might have to go 12 rounds on that debate one day. But yeah, no shortage of candidates. And Denver could have always did what the Colts did and just hit up like Champ Bailey or something to come be their interim coach. But some of these other coordinator spots I just want to mention quick. So Kellen Moore, uh, dismissed from Dallas, latches on real quick to be the new offensive coordinator with the Chargers. He'll try and help them kind of figure out an identity there. Vic Vangio returns to coaching. He'll be the Miami Dolphins' new defensive coordinator. So he kind of gets to work with Bradley Chubb again from their days in Denver, like Corey mentioned. And the, the big one I want to mention is... We talk Denver moves on Nathaniel Hackett. He's the new offensive coordinator for the Jets. And I'll use this as segue into our talk on the quarterbacks. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett used to work with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers likely getting traded. I'm putting two and two together. And what do you guys see the Jets? The Jets have tried fixing the quarterback position through the draft. Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson in recent years. It's not working. It's time for them to try the veteran move. Unless you guys disagree what are your thoughts for the Jets quarterback situation I certainly agree because it is time to go with a veteran quarterback now I think there are three guys that they're going to try to go get Lamar Jackson Aaron Rodgers and they're going to have a plan C which is going to be Jimmy G Jimmy G a game manager if worst case scenario the Jets just have to find a way to not turn the ball over and have someone serviceable under center that's what Jimmy G can be if they are unable to get Lamar or Aaron Rodgers yeah I kind of disagree Ben just because there's really only one name just one guy the discount double check man himself Aaron Rodgers will be suiting up for gangrene the uh the Packers don't want him he wants out it's a match made in heaven. The Jets are going to be legit Super Bowl contenders with Rodgers under center for them. They are going to be a scary, scary team, and this is going to happen. I think the Jets swing and miss on Aaron Rodgers, and I think we see a reunion of a different kind, and Geno Smith returns to the Jets. In there, I definitely think it comes down to two names, both of which Ben mentioned. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a market uh, that I don't think should be a surprise. He could reunite with Robert Sala there, but the Aaron Rodgers connections and just we talk about history repeating itself. Brett Favre goes to the Jets himself and Aaron Rodgers takes over. We could see the same thing happen with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets and maybe Jordan Love taking over. But let's stay in the AFC quick because for the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, I think it's going to come down to Lamar Jackson, I believe, will get franchise tagged. I think it'll be the non-exclusive or transition tag so that Lamar will be free to negotiate with other teams and then those teams will have to pay up two premium draft picks. Otherwise, Lamar will be staying put in Baltimore, at least for another year. Yeah, I think Lamar stays in Baltimore and gets the bag. I don't even think they end up tagging him. I think they work out their differences. Baltimore would be really like classic Jet-level stupid to let Lamar go. And I don't mean to disparage the Jets, but they've been known to do stuff like that and have that happen to them. But Lamar is going to be a Raven for a long time, and they get this done. 
So we disagree again, Corey. I think that the relationship there is severed and Lamar Jackson will end up leaving. I'll end up saying the team I think he goes to later, but I think that the Ravens just roll it back with Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I'm thinking that actually Aaron Rodgers is someone they might try to play for. I agree with Dylan. I think the relationship is soured between Lamar and Baltimore. So they're going to have to find a different quarterback. And I think they're going to try to revamp their offense and they're going to try to go to more of a passing style. And Aaron Rodgers is the guy to look for there in Baltimore. Green Bay has said he will not be traded within the NFC. Yeah, I think I definitely am with Ben and Dylan there. I think Lamar won't be a Raven long-term, but they're not going to just let him walk away for nothing. Down in the AFC South, quick, a couple teams here. The Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts. I think this comes down to looking in the draft. And at that point, you know, I see Bryce Young going to Houston, and I'm I'm on my knees praying CJ Stroud in Indianapolis. But do you guys see that going any different? I do. And Ryan, I'm sorry, buddy. I actually believe Indianapolis is going to draft Will Levis. And I know you do not want him that seems to be the guy that they like. He puts mayonnaise in his coffee. I'm not saying that they should take him. I'm just saying that's what it looks like right now. Now, in terms of the Texans, I think the guy they are going to go for is Jimmy G. I think he would go in, start right away, and he would help calm things down. And that's the other thing. He knows he's just going to get to go out there and play right now. He's not going to have anybody breathing down his neck, and there's no pressure to go win games right now. He can go out there and just play his best football, and I think Houston's a really good fit for him, and they are a really good fit for Jimmy. So I half agree with Brian. I do think that the Houston Texans go with the drafting route, and I think that they end up with Bryce Young. However, apologies again, because I think the Colts continue their trend of one year with a veteran quarterback that doesn't get the job done, and they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Ryan, don't hate me for this. Under head coach Jeff Saturday, who I think is going to keep the job, I think the Colts both draft a quarterback and bring in a veteran to, to have the young guy learn under. Now, I think the Colts draft Stroud. You're welcome. But I think they bring in the soon-to-be-cut Ryan Tannehill to be their quarterback and have Stroud learn under because they think that the division is obtainable, so they're not going to put it all under a rookie uh, QB. They're going to let the uh, the veteran take it over. And I kind of also – I think the Texans draft Bryce Young also, like Dylan said. I think Davis Mills will probably get the start, but having another better option is smart for them. I'm very close to kicking all you guys off this show. But no, um, I, I, I'm fine. Jimmy Garoppolo coming in. That's I would make a move like that, but you have to double up and draft someone. We need a long-term answer. But if Jeff Saturday is the head coach of the Colts, I will be retiring from football for a year. Let's move to the Raiders because this is ultimately, I think this is where Garoppolo will end up. He'll get to reunite with Josh McDaniels. This is where I had Tom Brady going before his uh, second retirement and hopefully final but reunites with Josh McDaniels. He'll get to work and mentor a little bit with Jared Stidham. I don't think that's necessarily uh, something that will keep Garoppolo away, considering I think he would be the starter to at least begin the season. 
I like Ryan also had Tom Brady originally going here. Um, you know, the Raiders, they sent Derek Carr home. It seemed like it was all lined up for Brady. And they've got the pieces to be in win now mode. So they got to bring in a win now quarterback. And I think Devontae Adams helps orchestrate Aaron Rodgers to Las Vegas. Yeah, I think it's as simple as Jimmy G works under McDaniels again. Whether it works out or not, who knows? But I think this is where Jimmy G finds home for now. Yeah, I'm actually thinking that Las Vegas and Josh McDaniels are going to want to try to get a young quarterback for the future. And they're going to trade up into the top five. And they're going to take either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I think that's what McDaniels wants, and that's what Vegas is going to end up doing. I do think they work their way into the top five. Let's bounce over to the NFC and run through this quick. Uh, Giants, guys, is just real quick. Is Daniel Jones going to be your quarterback in 2023? Yes. Yeah. yeah, Daniel Jones will stay in the NFC East, and I'm smiling. I think we all show, well, maybe we have a different reasons for wanting Daniel Jones there, but I think him and Barkley will both be back. One will get a long-term deal. The other might get the franchise tag. Staying in that division, the Washington Commanders. This is where I have Derek Carr going. I think the Washington Commanders, if they just get average or above-average quarterback play, that's what Derek Carr can provide, as well as they're trying to rebuild their image and culture. Again, I think Derek Carr is a culture guy. What do you guys think Washington does? Yeah, Ryan, we're on the same wavelength right there. I think that's a perfect landing spot for Carr. I agree. I am all about Derek Carr to the Commanders. I think that's just what that team is missing. And I think the Commanders are the sneaky team that finds a way to win the NFC East next year, keeping the Eagles from winning back-to-back division titles with Derek Carr under center. I think that the starting quarterback day one for the Commanders is Taylor Heineke. I don't think, I think they strike out and I think that Heineke played well enough to earn the nod in their eyes and they look to move off of Wentz. Going up to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers could certainly be looking at the state of the NFC right now. San Francisco, we'll touch on them in a minute. They have some quarterback question marks. Tom Brady retires. He might want to stay there now, but if it's not Aaron Rodgers, is it anyone other than Jordan Love? No, Jordan loves the guy. I think no matter, I'm, I already think Rogers is out. I think there's been even more talk about him going. Rogers is gone. Loves the quarterback of the future. Yeah. Hard agree on that. It's love or Rogers and it's just going to be love. There's no Rogers anymore. Agreement for me as well. Things move quick when we all agree down to the other Bay Tampa Bay. This is another spot. I could see Jimmy Garoppolo ending up just again. We've mentioned he's sort of a Brady clone you know, has a similar vibe to him, a desire to win. He's a locker room guy. Any other names you want to throw out for Tampa? Yes, and I think there is going to be one other team pursuing Derek Carr, and that's Tampa Bay. Because if you think about it, if they can build that offensive line and sign Derek Carr, they're right back into win-now mode, especially in that division. Yeah, Ben, you took it right from me there. You guys had Derek Carr going to the Commanders. I have him going to the Buccaneers. Weapons like Evans, Godwin, they still think they could win the division. And with Derek Carr, they likely do. Yeah, I'm going a different direction. I think the Bucks draft Will Levis. Get a little younger. So Levis is where I have the last team we'll talk about here quick, the Carolina Panthers. We opened up talking about their head coaching spot with Frank Reich. Levis, I think, fits the build that Frank likes at quarterback, and I think he'll end up slipping, hopefully, towards the end of the top 10. 
in that sort of range in the draft. Yeah, I think Carolina sticks with Darnold, and he did well enough for them when he was healthy. I think they ride one more year with Sam. I agree. I think Sam Darnold earned the right to get one more shot at this, see what he can do with an offensive head coach. And you know what? If it works, it works. If not, then Carolina gets to move on and draft a quarterback because they'll likely be picking inside the top five again. Yep, I agree with the sentiment of Darnold staying in Carolina. I do want to throw out, I think Lamar ends up in Seattle and their sneaky bet to win the NFC West. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Join us early next week. The full cast here will give our opinions on NFL awards season. The Grammys and Oscars and NFL honors are all taking place, so we'll give our thoughts. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Outsider Sports Network and on Twitter at Outsider Sports 3. See you guys next week. For the shit I stand by So it kinda turn you on Seven months from July Eat the pussy like a ride When I met her she was shy Never was hard to keep dry Never first in the cry Where the penny I supply Ladies, Gucci's and Fendi's But first we got a vibe Girl, my hand kinda don't Tell her still what it's like Keep it sim Taking arrows through my heart Taylor I can't lie Must accuse it for I be the one who chase him Till Please he's let me go You yeah. can do better Dang. These times are hard Just let me go And don't you settle For nothing more than you need.